Welcome to Beef Sticks in Your Speaker. Yes. The blast from the past as NXT brings back In Your House for their upcoming event on Sunday. Oh, it's so nice know, that takeovers are on Sunday now. Is it on? Well, it, it's on. Is it on Sunday? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're on Sundays for now. Are they going to stick to that? That's the question. I like that. I like them sticking with one day for us to have our pay per views. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope they stick with that as things go forward. It'll. Oh God, it's hard to stick with that as things go forward, but it'll. There's a lot of pay-per-views. There's a lot of pay-per-views, folks. There is. There is. And I think that's why a lot of the uh, other promotions, such as your AEWs, your Impacts, your Ring of Honors, your the uh, MLWs, they like Saturday because they're just competing with themselves. They're not competing with WWE. Because how are you going to find a Sunday free? Right. Holy shit. It's ridiculous. And if you find a Sunday, there's a good chance WWE is just going to schedule an event. Uh, They've been known to do that, Pasty. I just I feel for Saturday pay-per-views because for most people, Saturday is the day you just get out and do shit. You don't watch TV. Yeah, I've always thought Sunday was awkward for pay-per-views because most folks work. And and they usually they schedule it around the Eastern time zone, and we're Pacey and I both live in a central time zone, and it's still rough for us because it's like uh, it starts at what eight? What is it? Seven to ten or eight to eleven or something? It depends on the show, really. But and yeah. but if you're in the central or if you're in the Eastern time zone, it's worse than that. It's like nine to twelve, nine to one, ten to three. You get, I mean, they add an extra hour up on that bitch. It's like, don't people work? You just got to move to the West Coast and everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. And it starts at noon. Because for somebody like, I, the majority of pay-per-views nowadays, I just can't watch just because it isn't, it doesn't work with a work schedule. If somebody has to work somewhere between 5 and 7 in the morning, are they going to stay up till 10, 12 at night just to watch a pay-per-view? As this 25-year-old fucker will tell you, I'm not. <laughs> ah. I'm certainly not. When I, I, you know, I, I haven't been able to bring myself to watch too terribly much wrestling yet another week. Um, hopefully that comes to an end soon. I would like to want to watch wrestling. As I was telling you uh, before we started recording, I haven't even watched any of the uh, NWA specials or any of the, not even really, I haven't really watched, I think, anything wrestling related. I I wanted to watch the first uh, NXT in your, or not the first NXT, I wanted to watch the first WWE in your house. Um, Not a great in your house from my memory, but. We had uh, Diesel versus Sid Vicious in the main event, meh. I know that we had Bret Hart versus Hakushi in the opener. Hello. And other various things like Razor and I think it was Razor and Jeff Jarrett were in a match. And um, that's that's all. <laughs> that's all I can think of from memory. But I, I know it's it's I know that it was the first in your house. I know that. I remember that much. 
Well, you got to watch all the in your houses leading up to NXT takeover in your house. That's that's a lot. I'd say honestly, if I would say that you could only watch one, watch um, in your house Canadian Stampede. By far the best top to bottom. Uh, maybe the best top to bottom pay per view WWE ever put out, but definitely the best top to bottom in your house. All of the undercards were either on the upside of good or great, and the main event is arguably one of the best main events ever in WWE history, and that was when you had the uh, United States team versus the Canadian team. I know you had oh, you had Stone Cold, you had Gold Dust, you had the Patriot, Del Welks, you had... There's two more Americans that we had on that team. Um, I can't think of the other two Americans. I think Undertaker, I want to say Undertaker was on there, but I might be making that up because he's from parts unknown. <laughs> but you had them taking on the team of uh, of all the hearts. You had Brett the Hitman Hart, Owen Hart, and, uh, and the Hart Brothers. <laughs> But just a really good main event. It took place in Canada, in in Calgary, or not in Calgary, in um, it uh, is it Calgary? Yeah, Calgary, Calgary, Canada, uh, where Stu Hart had Stampede Wrestling and everything like that. Yeah. Just one of the best main events you'll ever watch. The probably the best crowd that's ever been in attendance, maybe up until um the original All In. That was definitely a crowd to be reckoned with, but, uh, God. In Your House has such a lineage. Bad Blood, uh, DX was not that good. Cold Day in Hell. I'm shooting all this off the top of the dome, so forgive me that I'm not remembering everything. They should but... give NXT TakeOver In Your House an extra subtitle. I don't think it's long enough yet. Well, I think they should start with this one, but then I think that they should do another one next year that has a, a subtitle like they did with In Your House. The first one was just WWF In Your House. They should really lean into it, though, and just make it ridiculously long and, like, have the flyer be full of words. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Why not? I think in your house, it, it kind of makes fun of itself as a whole, doesn't it? Uh, I guess. Well, I mean, it kind of does nowadays. Obviously, back then, it was a little different because they were trying to change. Back then, remember, they only had the big four. And a lot of times, the big four, you either had to spend $60 to watch it on either pay-per-view or closed circuit in, like, a bar or something. Or you had to wait till it came out on VHS. And VHS is back then, pasty, were 50, 60 bucks. I know that amazes some kids that nowadays. But it's like, yeah, you couldn't get a VHS. You know, that's that's why rental stores were so huge. You could rent something for five bucks, ten bucks. If you that's bought like it, it was copy it on your dual VHS player. <laughs> yeah. If you <laughs> bought it, it was sixty bucks back when VHSs came out. I think that didn't change until uh until the original Batman came out on VHS, and even then it took a while for the rest of the VHS company to look at it and say, oh, shit, because I think Batman on VHS came out for, like, 1999, and it I remember it just blew everybody's head, like, oh, my gosh, there's a brand-new movie coming out for 1999! (laughs) 
and then everybody, the rest of the VHS world just had to, you know, succeed that, yeah, it cost us, you know, $3 to make these, and we're mm-hmm. charging you 60 bucks. But you know, but the thing was, yes, you could buy it, TakeOver in your house, or not TakeOver, I keep saying that, but WWF in your house was, it was originally fourteen ninety five, I believe for this one and the second one. It was only fourteen ninety five, but it was only two hours, so you didn't get the three hour pay per view. But it was it was affordable. You could watch something, a semi big event, and they were doing it monthly now instead of just once every you know or four times a year. But, but it was affordable. It was fourteen ninety nine, and go and watch this event. It crept up to nineteen ninety nine. And then after a while, they said, you know what? It costs the same to film a two-hour show and a three-hour show, and everybody's hot on Stone Cold Steve Austin and DX. Let's mark it back up to 35 bucks." And then they just started making pay-per-views at 35 bucks a pop for three hours, like we're used to now. Well, three hours we're not used to now. <laughs> but so bad. there's a history. Yeah, there's a history there. I mean, it's a it's a deep history, and I guess I've gotten to the weeds way more than I expected to to open the show, and I'm sorry that's, about that's that. That's totally but. fine. I mean, this is kind of a historic thing with NXT bringing it back. They brought back War Games too, and that turned out pretty damn well. I got I oh, got- amazing! I'm super excited for this. The lineup looks good, and of course, we'll get into that later. I honestly just. Shooting at the hip here again, being full honest, full disclosure. Pacey and I, I think, are in the same boat. I have no idea what storylines are going into this. Nope. No idea at all. Sorry. All I know is, is, is Rockstar Spud lost his match, and then Triple H gave him a contract, and everybody's pissed off. That's how WWE works. You lose a match, you get a contract. Whoa! <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 just, I get I that. It's... Imagine he was crying when he read it because it was like five times lower than what he was making before. <laughs> right. I get that everybody's pissed, and I think they all have a right to be pissed. But at the same time, I am happy for Rockstar Spud to have um, employment at this time and, and have employment no with WWF. For him, the kind of character he is, it screams WWE. Oh yeah, if it isn't WWF, it's or WWE, it's. NWA, and let's just be honest, he's going to be making a fraction of a fraction of the money there. So, 100%, hands down. I mean, I think he's one of the few people that they came in, and I thought they did something great with him, better than I expected. Is he the most respectable wrestler on the card? No. But is he a super over character? Oh, hell yeah. And that's, I mean, let's just be honest. Ask Hulk Hogan, ask The Rock. That's where you make the money is being an over character. Nobody's ever made money off being uh, a, a great in-ring worker. I would, Brett, I would gather most in-ring or most like wrestling casuals don't watch the wrestling. You know what I mean? Or don't pay attention. Oh, they, they don't. You don't know how many people I know that just all they watch are the segments and the interviews and don't even watch the matches at all. And, and I, I think even a... That it's a soap opera. Even a Bret Hart and a Kurt Angle are going to tell you they were only over because of their characters. Yeah. You know, they they were great in the ring, both of them. I mean, both of them easily top ten, if not top five. Yeah. But it's their characters that got them over 100. People weren't always chanting, you suck, to Kurt Angle in in admiration. (laughs) No, they weren't. 
You look at people like a Ken Shamrock who got a main event push and is a, an amazing technician, but he has no charisma. His character never came across. He just couldn't fit with the audience. I mean, there's a million and one stories of those people. Uh, Bobby Duncan Jr. is one of them that's just uh, a great wrestler and just has no character. There's a million and one stories of these people. I don't know. We're getting into the weeds. We're getting a lot we into are. the weeds. And you've been talking a lot, so Old Pasty's going to call an audible. And right now, we're going to dive into this week's token GRR. I apologize for interrupting you. I try really hard not to do that. It's disrespectful. But let's. And in, in the case of Dave Meltzer's, you know, response about, okay, how about the return of fucking Steve Austin on Monday night? Do you think that had anything to do with it, dipshit? Yes. yes. Come on. Don't give me that Dave Meltzer. Not you, Conrad, but, you know, Dave Meltzer, don't give me your stupid shit, your little shot, your little need to dig because you're such a cunt. It's really because the return of Steve Austin had a lot more to do with it than the booking of this particular show. So go fuck yourself, Dave. Okay. All right. <laughs> one thing one thing about Eric Bischoff that I just don't like is he doesn't just let you know how he really feels. He always holds back. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> Fired up, fired up Eric Bischoff is just as good as fired up Jr. But they're two completely different people when they're fired up. Yes, I want but to still fire at each other. Oh man, I tell you what, if you uh, if you uh, support their their Patreon, you can get some stuff uh, where they have done things together, especially in Starcast and other stuff. But adfreeshows.com, free plug. Come on, give us some money there, Conrad. Adfreeshows.com. But... Yeah, those two could both get fired up, and I love Con. Eric Bischoff, when he gets fired up, he just gets feisty. JR goes all over the place and, for... and loses his mind. But Eric Bischoff seems to get super laser-focused Yeah, and then just let all his hate down that one small beam. <laughs> it's good it's stuff. It's a great way to be. Oh, and a great place to be, Pasty, was uh, Tokyo, Japan, back in 1981, in This Week in Pro Wrestling History. Because back then, in 81, on June 4th, Antonio Inoki defeated Stan Hansen via disqualification in the final round to win the Madison Square Garden League for a third straight year in a row. In the history of the annual round-robin tournament, now known today as the G1 Climax, that I'm sure most of the listeners listening to us know it as, this is the only time, and hopefully it'll remain the only time, that the final match was won via disqualification. If you're curious how the entire tournament turned out, well, the final standings for that tournament were Antonio Inoki at 39 points, Stan Hansen at 38 points, Tiger Jeet Singh at 37 points. Hulk Hogan, 36 points. Siji Sakaguchi at 33 points. Tatsumi Fujinami at 29 points. Riki Chosu, 16 points. 
Bobby Duncan, 14 points. Sergeant Slaughter, a real American hero, G.I. Joe, only got 12 points. Chris Adams, gentleman Chris Adams, some might know him as the man who trained Stone Cold Steve Austin, a mere five points. And poor Mike Masters, who nobody listening to this has ever heard of, got zero points, and that's why nobody listening to this has ever heard of you, you sick bastard. I do get a question, because I've only ever watched the finals. How okay. are the points awarded? They're, they are awarded like per judging per each match, so you could actually... You can win a match and not get the most points out of a match. It's it's very uh, if you've ever gone to a actual amateur wrestling round robin tournament, the points are made to be very similar to that. And I don't know if you know anything about that, but no. um, so basically, you get points for you get X amount of points for a takedown, X amount of points for being in the control the whole time, X amount of points for strikes, X amount of points for a win. You get X amount of points for X amount of things. I gotcha. So in all honesty, you can have the most points, but not be the winner. Um, The top two pointists go into the finals, but you can have less points than your, than your rival or than who you're facing and still win. If that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, sure. The points, the points get you there, get you to the top two. Yeah. But then you have to win. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I very, get it. I just don't get the. That's very King of the Ring like you can yeah. one King of the Ring guy could beat seven guys and one King of the Ring guy could beat three guys, but it still only matters who wins, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. They they try to make it very amateur wrestling like, very um just very traditional, very sportsman like. Do you know what the it's match still a shoot for a match you can earn is? Um, I do not, and that's actually a really good question. That's something worth me looking into because now I'm curious what what's the most somebody could have. Probably more than thirty nine. From one match, though, that's what I'm talking. Oh, about. Just one match, a single match. Yeah, what's the most? Oh, match? I don't, I don't think there is a there. I, I can't imagine there is a cap on how much you can earn. Like I said, there's X amount for takedown, X amount for strikes, X amount yeah. for being in control. I mean, if you did 17 takedowns right at the beginning, there's 17 times whatever a takedown is worth right there. What the so fuck I, did Mike Masters do then? Uh, Mike <laughs> Masters did little. T- he lost. That's what Mike Master did. He lost. What zero <laughs> points? What did he just lay down? He lost. <laughs> he lost, Pasty. Uh. What did Mike Masters do? He lost. <laughs> I'm losing my mind here trying to figure this all out. <laughs> uh, I might too have to tune into the next G1 climb. I'll tell you this: he did less than Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, I suppose about now we can get into our predictions for NXT TakeOver in your house. I suppose we should. Woo. We're going to kick it off, presumably, with the women's tag team match, seeing Mia Yim and Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart, six women tag teams, Taking on Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Woo. 
These are some good teams here. Um, gonna have to go. I don't know who's what anymore. I'm gonna have to go with uh, Team Candace, Dakota, and Raquel. I like how you, I like how you call her Raquel. I know, right? You gotta you gotta emphasize that Q U. Uh huh. Raquel. <laughs> oh, Raquel. Uh, who, by the way, was trained by uh, Papa Don, who is a classic uh, Hispanic hardcore wrestler. I haven't seen her at all in WWE. I we I have to assume we announced her signing with them, but I honestly don't remember. So um, call me uh, surprised there. Great to see her. I think when you put uh, Raquel's training with Papa Don with uh, Candice LeRae's hardcore expertise. It's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, where are you going on this one? Like I said, I'm going to go with uh, the team of Candice, Dakota, and, and Raquel. All right. Um, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go more of the, uh, I'll say more of the veterans, although Candice LeRae sure is a veteran by far. Um, Tegan Knox, not so much, but Omiya Yim, Shotzi Blackheart. Ah, I got a thing for the Blasian, and I got a thing for Shotzi. Uh, Tegan Knox, I like her, but they're all great. They, everyone on here is great, and like I said, when you got Candice and Raquel, it's like, uh, but I'm gonna say that I'm assuming the faces are Mia Yim, Shotzi, and Tegan. I don't know that, but I remember Dakota Kai turned heel recently. So I'm going to go with them being the heels. I think with a random six-woman tag match that was just thrown in there to get some uh, women in there that aren't in the title tournament, they're going to give you a happy win and the faces take the home. Yeah. That's what I'm going That That's my theory. All right. Then we come up with a, a match that's super intriguing. Yeah. I mean, this is super intriguing. You got Finn Balor taking on Damian Priest in, uh, I would say, a, a dream match. I don't know if it's going it to be. be... Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's going to be the, the demon. It doesn't say the demon, and I don't know the story going into this. But if you told me that uh, Prince Devitt and Punishment Martinez were going to have just a, I would say just a brawl, but I guess this is just a match. But either way, I hope this is the first of many. Yeah. These two complement each other well. Finn Balor is the smaller and more agile, and Damian Priest is the more methodical powerhouse. But Damian Priest isn't as big as people think outside of NXT. Um, think of um, oh, I've already for uh, the Ascension. Think of the Ascension. They used to, you know you thought they were the big dominant powerhouse tag team, and then they came to the main roster and they were small guys. Damian Priest isn't as huge as you'd like to think he is. Um, and Finn Balor has the experience. I'm going Finn Balor. I'm going with the experience. I think he's going to teach Damian a lesson, but I'm hoping this is the first of a few, or I don't know if it's even the first, but let's say the first of the few pay-per-view matches or whatever yeah. you call them, yeah, special no, I, matches. I definitely see a, a strong future for these two. It almost makes me wish Aleister Black was still in NXT. Oh, yeah. Uh, he always could. 
This is a super tough call because either guy could win. Um, I just I think Damian Priest is new and fresh and and ready. And I think if you're gonna build up a killer, you gotta build him up to kill. I think I'm gonna go with Priest on this one. I still want to see more matches out of these guys. Don't get me wrong, but it makes more sense for Belair to lose the first one and be the small guy trying to get redemption as the underdog. Hey, if we're going for a rubber match, either one winning the first one makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And if there is going to be three matches, I do not want Finn Belair to use the paint here. It could be part of the reason he lost, you know? he still has. Oh, yeah, yeah, not until the third match or yeah, something. yeah. Or, I mean, I, I don't want Damian Priest to be the first one, but it would be a big kudos if uh, the second match he busted out the Demon and Damian beat him. Because I don't, as far as I know, the Demon's still undefeated. I think so. If that's even still a gimmick anymore, I yeah, don't know we, that it is. It, like I said, he hasn't used it at all since uh, the, the the Wyatt match was supposed to happen and got canceled. Yeah, so, so that'll be interesting. That would be something cool. Then we have Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross, And God, that match should just be smashed with the match before it because that would be a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, God. Karrion Cross is also very new and very, very exciting. Um, Tommaso Ciampa's daddy, um, and he's home. So, uh, fuck, this is a hard one. I don't know much about Karrion Cross. Um, Killer Cross, if you if you remember yeah, much yeah, of no, Killer I, Cross, yeah. I didn't see a whole lot of him though either, uh, yeah. Before he got called up to WWE, so I gotta go with. I don't know. I feel like I'm going against <sighs> Karrion Cross is probably gonna beat Jump Up. Plus, he's got the added of uh, having having a manager in in um. God, what's their nuts? Who's his manager? The 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 one that came from Impact. She's female. Um, <laughs> Scarlet. Scarlet. Um, oh, Scarlet Devoe. Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Yeah. Bordeaux. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think okay. That would come into play a little bit. Yeah, Carrion makes sense. Ah. <laughs> cool beans. Um. I guess I didn't remember her being with him. I probably knew it, but I don't remember her being with him. But that's that's awesome. I watched the entrance when they debuted, and she was like, ah. syncing his theme music, and it looked pretty bad, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, when you got a uh, Jimmy Jacobs and Truth Martini behind you, she's got she she's got to be a good talker. You know what I mean? I've yeah. seen her a little bit in Impact, and uh, her her in ring work isn't the greatest, but. For sure, I'm going. I'm going carrying cross to me. This is a matchup between the not quite. Just me personally, like to me, Champa has never been not quite all the way down to the Ring of Honor days when they were pushing him as a main guy. I was like not quite. And then when they did DIY, I was like Johnny Gargano. God, I've been sucking his dick for years. Tommaso Champa, not quite. And even when he was champion, to me, it was just, like, not quite. And Killer Cross, from his time in Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling and everything, I haven't seen him much at all in NXT, but he's a big dude, but he's just always been not quite with me. 
So it's basically a flip of the coin, and Killer Cross is the new guy, and Champa, Champa, Champa <laughs> seems to have had his moment in the sun. And if he doesn't move up to the main roster, I think he's just putting guys over down here. So put over Carrying Cross, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I, my my only gripe is is, is uh, Tommaso has, has wore on his body so much just from being in NXT alone. I don't know his career beforehand. But uh, I just want to see him be used while he still can be, you know? In all honesty, NXT has probably gotten the most out of him ever. He's had good matches outside, but I think NXT, I think he's put his most into that. So I would agree with you. I think he's he's put his body on the line major for NXT. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, up next, we have North American Championship, the Keith Lee versus Mr. Wrestling Johnny Gargano. God, this is going to be a really fun one, too. I mean, not much for me to say here other than in the last match, I talked about how long I've been sucking Gargano's dick. I'm going Gargano. <laughs> Man, Keith Lee has done nothing but impress me since he showed up, but his best match oh, has been with Dominic Dijakovic, and that's because they're two men of kind of equal stature. I mean, they're built differently. They throw their weight differently, but they work together beautifully. I have some worries about that, but I got to go with my boy, Keith Lee. Retaining, keeping it, and I want to see Keith Lee versus Velveteen Dream. That's the match I want. That sounds good. And um, just to let you know, Pasty, they actually, these two, Keith Lee especially, but both of these guys got discovered from WWE from their series of matches on the indies. Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijek, which I still like that name better just because it's easier to fucking say. <laughs> but, we all know um, Vince is going to cut it to one word by the time he gets to the main roster anyway. I, I like how Keith Lee is so easy to say. They left that, and then they, they turned... Donovan Dijak and the Dominic Dijakovic, but um, yeah, I mean these two, these two have been, I I could closely relate them to uh, to um, Steen and Generico, mm. you know Kevin Steen and El Generico yeah. were forever, and, and probably not quite as long, but maybe they have been as long, and I just didn't keep, I didn't, to be honest, I just didn't pay attention to the uh, small indies as much as I have in the past. 10 years as I did back in the day, just cause you have a life to live. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you. That's though. Those two have had the best matches, but God damn it. Mr. Wrestling can't bring the best match out of anybody. Yeah. This is going to be at least as good as anything he's having with Donovan Dijon. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going to be a really good one. I think this could be the match of the night. Um, just right off the bat. Here. Oh, c- Easily could be the match of the night. One hundred. It's hard to not say that anytime Johnny Gargano is in the lineup for the match. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm anticipating this to be my favorite for sure, for sure, and by far. Well, maybe not by far. We'll see. Then we have the NXT Women's Championship three way. Seeing champion Charlotte Flair versus Rio Ripley versus Io Shirai. And boy, this has a lot of makings for fun, too. Except for Charlotte Flair, triple threats are usually kind of boring. If she does that, I'm not going to be in the match most of the time thing. Right. Which, I mean, works for her persona, but doesn't add to the match. So it's a give and take. Yeah. 
For sure, for sure, one hundred percent. Hopefully, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai have read her enough to like know and just single her out for a while before they go against each other. But she's still gonna be gone for a while and sneak in to try to get the win. That's a guarantee. Right. It's a flare move. Uh God, triple threat. Anybody can win. Did Flair? Uh, I'm trying to just reach in my brain cells. Did Flair win this title from Rhea Ripley? I think, yeah, at Mania. Okay. Yeah. Man, show you how memorable Mania was this fucking year. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I was trying to think. I was like, I was thinking, Rhea Ripley, I know she was NXT UK Women's Champion. I was like, God, wasn't she NXT Women's Champion for a moment? And then I was like, yeah. God, I think Charlotte won it from her. Oh, Mania, they gave it to Charlotte and Becky over the up-and-comers, and it made me real sad. Yeah. Uh... God damn it. God damn it. I'm not going to pick you, Charlotte Flair, even if I know you're going to win. She's going to win. I'm going with Io Shirai. Yeah, that's right. The injured gal. Yep. You're going with the injured gal to hold the title. Yep. You, you realize you can change your pick yet. Like, I'm, I'm being open here by telling you that you're picking an injured wrestler <laughs> over Charlotte Flair for the title. <laughs> I'm giving you a chance to change your answer, pasty. Fine. I'll go with Rhino Ripples. Okay. It's it's, it's I you it's know, a better now, pick now than Shirai's you. gonna win a, know, right? That's it's the tiebreaker. The fucking tiebreaker is if Shirai oh, wins. I like it. I like that. I'm putting that in there right now. I like that. Um for me, I'm just, just going with my You're brain over my heart. It. I know, I know you are. I, yeah. I'm going with my brain over my heart. Io Shirai should win this. Um, Rhea Ripley could win this, and it would be great. Charlotte Flair definitely should lose this. Yeah. <laughs> but with houses down, with um, ratings down, with everything down, WWE is keeping Charlotte as a champion. Charlotte Flair is winning this. I mean, it just, it makes business sense, and I'm not even going to argue that. It, it does make business Charlotte sense. Charlotte Flair in a three-way, man. It's 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 simple mathematics, and it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be so predictable. But I refuse to pick her. I refuse. Uh. So you're saying, uh, well, well, we'll get to that at the end. I'll show up. <laughs> Um, so then I, well, I guess the, the ending's coming pretty soon. We're at the NXT Championship Backlot Brawl, pasty! Adam Cole taking on Velveteen Dream. I don't know where this, um, God, I don't know where this whole story came from, but I wish I had been paying attention because I want to see this story progress, and I'm so intrigued on these two. I'm God damn. I do remember. Crew. What's Velveteen Dream got? Um, he's got a dream. <laughs> and in this day and age, that's pretty, pretty huge, dude. It is. Um, but I do want to say that WWE had one of these backlot brawl, or WCW, I should say. I'm sorry. WCW had one of these backlot brawls. I don't remember who it was against. It was for their hardcore championship. Of course, actually, WWE had something similar. They had a Hollywood brawl with uh, Goldust and Roddy Piper, which was pretty fun. And then they cut in. Uh, <laughs> I remember they cut in splice footage of um, the OJ Simpson chase. 
because they had gold dust in a gold limo and Roddy Piper used a uh, white Bronco. So when Piper fled the scene, they just kept cutting in. Uh, <laughs> they kept cutting in scenes from the O.J. Simpson chase when he was going with the white Bronco. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fun shit. I, I hope they do something that. similar. Oh, uh, but I do remember WCW doing one. And I hope WWE and uh, Kevin Dunn are smart enough to know that they need more lighting than um, car headlights. Because I have read what this is, is it's a backlot brawl in a parking lot with a circle of cars around them with headlights lighting their, their area. So it's basically just a it's street the fight. Undertaker match from WrestleMania, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's similar, but it's just like in a circle. It's almost like a street fight where, you know, you can use the hoods of the cars and the windshields of the cars, and I hope they use the cars. I'm assuming they're going to use the cars. It's being taped um, yesterday, so we probably know. Actually, oh, shit, we probably know who won. I don't know. Has that been leaked? I don't know. I don't look at it. Hold on, Pacey. Give me five (laughs) minutes, and I'll give you my prediction. Um. It was taped the day before, and of course this is... Oh, no, you said this is happening Sunday, right? Yeah. Oh, so it should be being taped right now, because I heard it's going to be taped the day before. There you go. I'm used to these being Saturday. Should be being taped now. Either way, um, I think that they they know what to do with this. I think they're going to make it a lot funner than WCW did. And even the uh, the Gold Dust Piper one was uh, was fun. Not as great as it could have been. One fun little story that I'm just going to, that I know of, that I'm just going to put in here real quick. Roddy Piper ended up, uh, they talked about how when they leave, they're going to take off. And Piper's like, and I'm just going to take out the, I'm going to take out the uh, the door of this one car. We're going to leave it open. And McMahon's like, no, you can't do that. It's a safety hazard and we can't afford it. And he ended up just fucking doing it anyways. Took out the car. Um, he ended up he ended up wrecking I think it was Howard Finkel. Howard Finkel had a really nice Corvette or something that he ended up wrecking. And Vince McMahon just one hundred percent bought Howard Finkel a brand new Corvette. <laughs> and the it legend goes the legend goes though that Howard Finkel reported it to his insurance and got it fixed. So he had like two Corvettes out of the deal. <laughs> But, like roller skates. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Um, okay, uh, NXT Championship, Backlab Raw, Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream. I'm going Cole, baby. Everybody knows me. They knew who I was going to pick. I like Cole. Even uh, though he's probably going to lose because it's about time for him to lose. going around that his contract's coming up, though. So if he's I, I've heard it's coming up for renewal. Or if he's looking to go to the main roster, either of those options are prime choosings right now, I feel like, for Adam Cole. Plus, Velveteen Dream's been gone for, like, most of a year. I miss the man so goddamn much. I just hope this is more of a match than a comedy act. Uh, I think Right, I hope this is a hardcore match. I mean, for one, I don't think Adam Cole can be that funny. Velveteen Dream can, but I don't want Vince to see that. Um, I'm going with Dream, just because he's back and I missed his ass, and and like I said, Cole's Cole's been champion a long time. If there's a time, been, yeah. If there's a time, place, and person, it's now. It's in that alley or street or parking lot, and it's Velveteen Dream. 
I 100% agree with that statement, that it is time for Adam. He's had it long enough. I would love for him to hold it much longer, but he's had it long enough. And, boy, this would be a great person to drop it to and a good match to drop it. Because this is one, you know, we talked last week about how all these matches with no fans in attendance, are they're never going to be shown on replays or on best of. But these cinematics, these will be shown on replays and best ofs. And this would be a good one for Adam Cole to drop it to Velveteen and to be replayed on a best of NXT takeovers, you know, and you see the backlot brawl with Cole and Dream. And, and I, just, I, I agree I with you. I want to make a disclaimer here. For anybody who hasn't really listened to Beefsticks podcast over the years, I'm not picking Keith Lee and Velveteen Dream because of the time, place, and climate we're at in in the in the world right now. Oh, 100%. You're not. fully been around. No, WWE is going to book it that way because that's them, but I've fully been behind these guys since they were introduced to me. I mean, come on. You didn't pick the Blazing Mia Yim? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Or the Black Heart, Shotzi. See where we're going here? Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley is going to win at Backlash, though, and that's another prediction I'll cast early. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not my choice, but it's what's going to happen. Damn it. We need to give him something. Leo Rush just released the email. Remember that guy? That guy that had a... He confused me. Because he was a man, but he had chocolate titties. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> Bobby Lashley is being managed by uh, VI, uh, MVP now. The, the VIP MVP yes. is who we're talking about. The VIP. Who, uh, will, who we'll get into in the uh, news segment even. Yeah. But I like MVP. Yes. Unsung hero. Uh, so tiebreaker pasty does Io Shirai win her match it's easily a yes or no answer and you're going yes All right. awesome if I went no <laughs> I know right <laughs> no <laughs> I guess a lot of it depends on how bad her injury is but it's obviously not bad enough that she's here so it must I mean, I do want so she's cleared. It. She's she's the one who hasn't had it, right? Yeah. I I agree. I would love Io Shirai to win it. Um, she came in at a at a at a poor time when um, Kyrie Sane was at the top, and of course these two came up together, had great rivalries. But um, I, this this is gonna sound racist, but it's pretty true if you just look at style and character and everything. Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, pretty similar people. It's hard to go from one to the other, so Io Shirai kind of got pushed down so Kyrie Sane could take her uh, much-earned and deserved spot. Not dogged. I love her death. So this would be a great time for Io Shirai to shine. I love her greatly. Actually, out of these three, I probably prefer her the most. Yeah. But WWE logic tells me Flair going with that. But, yeah, um, I'll, I'll take the no on her because I don't know how much they know about her injury, and maybe she needs some time off. Maybe. 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 So with that, In Your House is done. I did not know any of the lineup before we recorded this show, and now I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. 
That's good. I like how we do that with this show. We get ourselves pumped up for shows. Fuck the rest of the industry. We get ourselves hyped. We podcast for us. I listen to this shit six times a week. <laughs> no. I don't think I could ever go back and listen to an episode. Uh, uh, why should you? <laughs> pasty, pasty, we got a shill, buddy. We got a shill. <laughs> go back and check out the archives. Yes. On Spreaker.com, Beefsticks Podcast. That's a good point, because right now we are at 398 hours of our 500 hours of storage. Eventually, some of those old episodes are going to start disappearing to you folks, at least for now. We're going to pull them down and hold on to them, store them in the vaults, and they may make a comeback at some point. Oh, they will. But, uh, you know, if, if there was ever a time to go back and listen... It would be in the next, you know, six months. And I've recently, uh, I've recently listened to some of the earlier ones, and um, they're fun. The earlier ones are very fun. You get a very different pasty and Mac, in all honesty, and you you do get a different quality. But I think you find that with every podcast. But even some of the more recent past ones, I'd say go check out. Go check out all of season two because season two was our. That was kind of our sophomore year where we really grew into ourselves and kind of came up with a lot of the shticks and and the games and and even just the characters that we are and uh, kind of our format kind of gelled and took place at that time. We molded yeah. that. It's it's really good. And there's just there's hidden gems. You never know. We're going to talk about what's going on now, but we also talk about past stuff. We make predictions about the future. And then we just say stupid, weird, random crap that you're not going to get on any other podcast exactly. other than this fucking podcast. And those are the golden moments, at least for you and I. I know they are. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> well, with that, I do believe it is time for us to step into the shortage center. One of the the dipshits from the forgettable Forgotten Sons tweeted his support for murdering African Americans, posting, thankful for the POTUS we have. God bless America. Built of freedom, forgotten no more. This, as you may have expected, prompted multiple responses, Fat Mac. Yes, um, one of those responses came from the K... I believe. I believe it was. I believe Kevin Owens, he was quick to jump on him. Very quick, writing, quote, The freedom you speak of entitles you to speak your mind all you want. I'm not here to argue that. I just really need to tell you that I think you pushing your shitty wrestling catchphrase as all this is happening is absolutely fucking pathetic. Thank you, Kevin. God, he's he's just a godsend. We love KO. (sighs) Ricochet added, I get you're a bad guy on TV, and I'm hoping that's all this is. Even even then, that it ain't. But if this is actually your true thoughts, I'll be really sad, man. Mustafa Ali also interjected, I'm thankful you posted this because I'm now aware of what you stand for. When black brothers and sisters are crying, you praise someone that refuses to acknowledge their hurt. Sami Zayn, who knows oppression all too well, was short and simple, saying, literally built on oppression. God, that says a lot just right there, honestly. Yes. 
Steve Cutler, a non-dipshit of the forgettable Forgotten Sons, spoke up bravely stating, Although I am part of a tag team while I wrestle, I am my own person with my own thoughts and beliefs. It pains me to see what's going on in the world. I fought for the freedom of our country and all of the people who live here. It shouldn't matter your race or however you identify. We are all human beings and all deserve to be equal. Justice for George Floyd. Good on him. I completely forgot Steve Cutler was in Forgotten Sons. <laughs> they're very forgettable, as we mentioned. And now I have to question, is he is he related to Brandon Cutler? I don't think he is. W fame, that'd be interesting. Uh, and Wesley Black, the other dipshitless member of Forgotten Sons, tweeted, I will never understand. However... I stand justice for George Floyd. So, uh, surprisingly, or, or unsurprisingly, maybe, this got a reaction from old DTJ, Donald Trump Jr. himself, who responded with... <laughs> they must get good cell service down there. Uh, my father will always stand up for our country and everyone in it. Thank you for your service in the Marines. And I think we should pause for a second right now to say that I believe a big part of the Forgotten Sons... Ta oh, I don't believe because I don't know anything about these guys, but since this has come out, I've learned... Let's just fucking call a spade a spade. I don't know this. But I've learned that part of the Forgotten Sons thing is all three of them are former um, military servicemen, and that's part of their gimmick. Yeah, like military, like militant biker gang type. Yeah. Boy, that sounds white as shit. I know. It's, yeah. <laughs> Militant biker gang. <laughs> Never would have thought one of them fuckers would be racist. Oh. -ho. Uh, Impact Wrestling dedicated Wednesday's episode to the memory of George Floyd and posted the following statement on Twitter and their website, noting that they were going silent on social media during the show. Tonight's episode of Impact is dedicated to George Floyd and his family. Impact Wrestling is proud to engage our fans every Tuesday night during the show, but tonight we will be silent. Impact Wrestling stands against racism and violence in support of diversity and inclusion for everyone. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Floyd family and to all who have endured social injustice. First of all, I'm going to say that's awesome. Second of all, I'm going to point out I am an Impact Wrestling fan. Third thing I'm going to say, all six of those fuckers on social media were sad they didn't get to interact that night. <laughs> all six of them. It was rough, baby. <laughs> uh, I love, I mean, no, no I, I know, I, jo I joke, and it's awesome they did that, and I love Impact, but come on, you aren't losing out much. Come on. Honestly, I, I call a spade a spade. Individuals speak out than, than having companies. Than corporations. Save face. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, too it's bad, because pasty, the next fucking few are all fucking big <laughs> corporations speaking their, their brands, talking about what it is. So fuck you and fuck everybody else listening, I guess. <laughs> AEW issued a statement. Racism in all its forms will kill it kills people, it kills communities, it kills dreams, it kills hope. I also want to add that um, Tony Khan 
also personally released a seven-paragraph statement that I just wasn't going to read here, but I, I recommend everybody goes and reads, and it's very heartfelt, and it's real, and it's awesome he did that, but that's the official AEW statement. Yes, and after staying quiet on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, WWE finally broke their social media silence Thursday with the statement, WWE supports inclusive society and condemns racial injustice. We stand behind our black performers, employees, and fans around the world and encourage everyone to use their voice to speak out against racism. We offer our sincere we offer our sincere condolences to the family of George Floyd and the families of countless others who have lost their lives due to senseless violence. That sounds heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a doesn't sound like a PR guy wrote that at all. <laughs> Not uh, at all. I saw that and I'm like, you're kidding, right, WWE? Like, we've watched your shit for most of our lives. This is the same, this comes from the same company that is ran by the man, don't forget, who told Booker T, and and albeit this is after he uh, injured Stone Cold, I don't remember what exactly he did, but he, he injured Stone Cold, but he told Booker T, you really should go to his hotel and carry his bags to the card for him. And Booker T said, oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is the same guy that told Booker T, what's up, my N-word? Yes. Uh, The same guy who did Coco Beware, um, a million and one, uh, Virgil being owned by the Million Dollar Man. So many stereotypes. Ask ACH. Ask yeah. ACH about it, yeah. who just released a, uh, uh, a uh, email that he sent to WWE long before all of this with, where he talked about the racial insensitivity in the company. And I don't have that email here right now, but a quick Google search finds it for you. They just ignored him. They didn't care. Um, and next we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who released an eight-minute video asking Trump to be a leader and telling Americans if our leader won't lead them, then we will have to do the leading ourselves. Strong words from a strong man. Um, obviously, I condensed that very shortly because I said it in 0.5 sec- or 0.75 seconds, and he said in eight minutes. And I recommend going back and listening to that. Go to YouTube and just... Put in the rock Trump. You can yeah. probably find it yeah, yeah. easily. So it's a good read. It's a good read. It's a good listen. It's definitely, he, he is heartfelt in it. Like, I love that he did a video because even though a lot of, he had bullet points, but I don't think he wrote this out at all. It's super heartfelt. It, it, you know what? He didn't write it all at, out at all because he repeats himself so many times. There's no way he wrote this out. Like this, this was just coming from him speaking. And good for you, Rock. We great on you, Rock. Oh, but damn you badass. for not running in 2020 like you told us you were going to. Well, we know he. We know the 2020. You know, we know 2020. Anybody not Republican is losing. We know Trump's winning. So let him run in the next four years after this, and he can rebuild the uh, rubble that we stand upon. I mean, not we. I'm going to be living in Sweden by then. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Gone, bitches. Bye. 
but uh, y'all can let Rock rebuild your shit. Uh, Major League Wrestling has debuted their new weekly digital short series, Pulp Fusion. The new weekly series will take fans inside the world of MLW and its athletes to experience the continuation of rivalries. It will also introduce new familiar, new and familiar faces and give an idea of what's next for the promotion. MLW CEO Court Bauer in a press release said Pulp Fusion serves as the creative tissue that connects what happened to the league and its athletes in the wake of the shocking conclusion of the May 9th episode of MLW Fusion. Along the way, fans will learn what's ahead as they take a wildly unique dive into the world of MLW each and every week. MLW Pulp Fusion serves as a creative bridge and spinoff for their weekly Fusion series, while it's on hiatus due to the coronavirus pandemic. The new series produced virtually with the MLW production team working with talent from afar. So MLW just gank moved NWA. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> They're like, damn, that's a good idea. We got two weeks left of programming. Let's come up with some shit and pop it out there and like that's they how did. Professional wrestling became Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we do have to mention the last couple of episodes of Saturday Night Live. I watched one and it was rough. Yeah, I watched really one where Tom Hanks rough. hosted. I think that was their first one that was entirely produced remotely. Some of it's good, some of it's really bad. It should just be all uh, Pete, what's his fuck? Uh, oh, we love Pete Davidson. Yeah, Pete Davidson. Oh, his new fucking movie looks so badass. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even remember what it's called right now. but It's oh. just him being himself, though. and that's, that's his, Well, his last movie was just him being himself, and it was really awesome. But this new one adds in, uh, apparently from the trailers, and it might just be one scene of it, but adds in, you know, his father being a... Uh, a firefighter who died in 9-11 and uh <laughs> sorry i do gotta put this out here because it's one of the best ever i don't even remember whose roast it is i was watching one of the comedy central roasts that pete davidson's under and one of the guys is like why do you guys keep shitting on pete davidson's dad leave him alone the man was a hero he sacrificed himself in 9-11. This isn't the roast of Pete Davidson's dad. That happened on September 11, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> and I busted out laughing so hard, I fell on the floor. It was so hilarious. <laughs> uh, I just, I love that Pete Davidson, to me, he's like the exact embodiment of, of young Adam Sandler if he was dweebier and more of a stoner. He's actually, I never thought of this till you just said that, but he's young Adam Sandler in uh, 20-teens, 2020s. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, he's Adam Sandler in 20-teens, 2020s. Yeah, I guess I never thought of that. His last movie on NXT is, or uh, NXT, on uh, Netflix. <laughs> they have an N and an X and a T. <laughs> Netflix, that could be a shortening of Netflix, NXT. Um, it's the NTX. <laughs> yeah, it's the NTX. His movie on NTX was pretty badass, also, and I don't remember the name of that one, but 
That's a good one that I recommend. I did watch that one. That was on there. That was, that was a lot of fun. Oh, I watched that. Too. I love Pete Davidson. Yeah. He's good. He's he's not great on SNL. No. Sadly, he's not bad, but he's not great I don't think on that SNL. Lauren likes the fact that he's like a professed pothead and like doesn't try. Dude, to... I was watching um, a Jimmy Fallon truth or dare or truth or false thing that they did. Mm-hmm. And it was um, Jimmy Fallon, it was Pete Davidson, and it was somebody from, like, SNL past, like a real SNL dude. And one of the things was Pete Davidson, and it was a truth or false, and he was like, um, Lauren Michaels asked me to go on vacation with him during Christmas break to uh, Jamaica. And they're like, what, what? And they're like, well, when was this? And he was like, it was my first year there. I'm like, what? And they're like, uh, false, false. And he's like, no, true. He's like, it was like the last show before Christmas break. And Lauren Michaels just comes up to me and says, hey, I'm going on vacation to Jamaica. You want to join me? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, did you stay at the same hotel? He was like, Fuck that. I stayed three hotels away. I would have been fired by the time I got back if I stayed at his hotel. <laughs> but, I, like, isn't that crazy that Lauren Michaels just fucking actually his first year asked Pete Davidson to go to Jamaica with him on Christmas vacation? Have you ever looked at my what eyes, man? What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck was Lauren Michaels thinking? Like, that can't be enjoyable for Lauren Michaels. Where the fuck did that come from? I just... It could have just been Lauren's way of saying, hey, I know you smoke pot, you (laughs) fucking asshole. Right? It's something I've never talked about, I think, on the show, but I'm low-key a huge Pete Davidson fan. Like, everything he's ever done, I just... I don't know. I really like the guy. That's weird. I love to watch him beat down on himself. It's the best. Oh, he's good at it. He's good at it. Way off topic here, but it was it was good. I don't even I don't even remember how it started. She tweeted, "I had a nice cock." Like that's not gonna fuck me. Going... <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Every woman that I'm ever with, like I didn't I didn't even know about uh um who is the woman? I don't Ariana remember now. Grande, it was right yeah, I didn't even know that he was right with Ariana Grande. Right. I never knew anything about that till I watched his stand-up. That was the first time I learned that him and Ariana were even a thing. And he's like, all my boys are sitting there. She dropped that single, just dissing the shit on me. And all my boys are like, it's fire, brah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, I never even knew him and Ariana were a thing, to be honest. Not till I watched that stand-up. Good stand-up. We recommend it. Go watch yeah. it. NXT... We don't know what it's called, just like all the movies we're talking about either. But Can't tell we're padding for time, can you? <laughs> can't tell. Speaking of that, where the fuck are we? Uh, Wrestling Inc. has announced that WWE has restarted training this week for new recruits. Albeit it's a little different and a little uh, out there. They're doing this online, pasty. Oh They're zooming can we wrestling training. Zoom? I want to crash that Zoom. I think that would be so awesome. Oh, Recruits cool. are doing video class training with their clo- their coaches. They apparently are watching old matches and critiquing them. The training sessions do not include all the recruits at once, 
They've been broken up throughout the day to get more people involved with different trainers. The classes appear to be only for the newest recruits. Talent that have been in the crowd at WWE television tapings are not partaking in these classes as we know of now. Because they get to watch matches currently. Woohoo! In a glass box! <laughs> I like, I kind of like the glass box aspect of it. It keeps gropey fans from being gropey. Maybe they keep I, it when it comes back, and I won't argue with it. I like them being able to hit it, too. It makes a good sound. I like the glass box if only they bring it into a specialty match down the road. <laughs> yeah. People got to go they, through it, and they got to call it bulletproof and shit. Oh, they, they got to have the COVID-19 box match. <laughs> it's It's got to be something special. Uh, yeah, and like you said, it's, it's unbreakable. Not even COVID-19 can penetrate it. And then, you know, Braun Strowman's going to just fucking spear somebody right through it. Otis. 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 Otis can do it. I want to see him do a power drop on the top and the whole thing just collapses. Yeah, I know. I want to crash that Zoom doing deep yoga in a Speedo. That'd be fun. It's good stuff. We like crashing Zoom. Yeah. WWE has officially launched for everyone. The free version of the WWE Network. Woo! But now, have it seems WWE ha- p- apparently dropped the offer of the first free month when signing up for a new paid subscription, which we all know is how most of you are watching the WWE Network monthly. Wah, wah. <laughs> the first free month offer has ran on and off since the beginning of the network, but looks like it has been nixed as of this week. According to PW Insider, the billing page for WWE Network now includes the following message. WWE Network's subscriptions are billed in advance and recur monthly. Billing starts on the date you subscribe or reactivate your account subscription and rebill on the same day each month until cancellation. To access WWE's free version, all you need to do is download the WWE app on any device, including TVs, Gaming consoles, mobile phones, tablets, and computers. The free version of the WWE Network includes new shows, including Raw Talk, because Talking Smack got canceled, but they kept that shit show around. (laughs) Right. Streaming Monday nights each week immediately following Raw. Original series, including Monday Night War, Ride Along, Table for Three, Photoshoot, and Storytime. Oh, those are the heavy hitters that everybody tunes in for. Recent episodes, probably still being a month old, uh, of WWE's flagship programs for Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, and NXT. Can't watch 205 Live, though. (laughs) New. Select historical WWE pay-per-views and NXT TakeOver events. Select. Select. They're going to be the bad ones. Although I... Don't think the they're, ones they're are probably gonna, gonna when it comes to takeover. <laughs> well, they're, they're probably gonna be the ones that have something to do with what's coming up. I would assume. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. WrestleMania is coming up. They're gonna highlight a few WrestleManias. Royal Rumbles coming up. They're gonna highlight a few Royal Rumbles. That that's what I yeah. think. All that and weekly WWE highlights, top tens, WWE's the bump, the WWE bump. now, the best of WWE. And WWE Timeline, which kind of all sound like the same fucking thing. Boy, they sound very similar, don't they? That sounds like you get it all in one show. Funny thing is, is you can watch most of this stuff on WWE's YouTube without having to download another app. Unless you're going to pay for it. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, doesn't seem like it's worth the cost of free, honestly. Well, I mean, for being free, it's it is what it is. Yeah, they're peeing down your throat for when you when you watch it for free. That's what it feels like. They're ba- yeah, they're basically just. I mean, they're they're trying to hook you. I think the big, I guess the biggest thing, and I don't know, different people look for different things, but the historical WWE pay-per-views and takeovers, I could see that bringing a couple people over when around WrestleMania Rumble time or around a big takeover event like Brooklyn or something. Um, other than that, you know, I guess if I got to watch Table for Three and I only got to see one or two episodes... I'd be interested in it, but I'm somebody who's a diehard wrestling fan, so I'd be willing to pay for it anyways without even getting the tease, so I don't know that this would make me want to get it. Is this all on demand, or is it on there, you watch what we're streaming at this moment? I don't have the answer for that, but I'm guessing it's on demand as of right now. But I, that's a good question, Pasty. I'll look into it after the show, and we'll have a little bit more detail. Yeah. This week. If you can hold yourselves back for that long. Woo! <laughs> Animals. Oh, that'll have me coming, and then I'll be going. Oh, what a segue into our comings and goings, Pasty. Yes. Big Rob Gronkowski is no longer under contract to WWE. Thank God. His- his pre-recorded WWE 24-7 title loss to R-Truth on this week's Raw was his blow-off to the run with his comp- with this company. Gronkowski's WWE contract called for the NFL tight end to work three events. Uh, this is at least according to Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio. He's a cunt. Those three events were WrestleMania 36, SummerSlam in August, and WWE's return to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which is planned later this year. Thank God he it seems got that, that he uh, he took a uh, buyout that he was allowed from his uh, from his end of the contract, saying that if at any time he wanted to leave, he could. I think he paid a small fee and he could get out of it. And obviously with things going the way they are right now, he's not going to be able to make either of those events. So I'm sure, I you know, I don't know why he's copping out of his contract. I don't know that it affected his NFL contract. It, that's the only thing I can guess. In his contract that if he decided to go back to the NFL and had a contract on the table, he was allowed to leave. Okay, yeah, that's about the only thing that I could think of was that the NFL would be. Because I know he had a clause to leave his contract at any time. Uh, But I just don't know why you... Even if those events aren't happening, why leave unless you're... And he's not going to go do anything with AEW, Impact, NWA, MLW. He's not allowed to work with AEW. That was part of the contract. Why? I mean, he wouldn't. Hello. You're not going to leave WWE to go to AEW. Not not as Rob Gronkowski. I don't think AEW would... Yeah. Well, he just, yeah, that, that's just not the place for an NFL tight end. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, the only thing I can guess is that the only way he could work in the NFL is to get out of this contract. Because what else is he going to do that, that this contract would interfere with? You know what I mean? I don't know why you would just leave it. I don't know. He didn't make a big difference being in WWE. It's not going to make a big difference that he's leaving WWE. Oh, not at all. It's beneficial to his own life. That he gets out of there as soon as possible. Maybe, I guess. I just don't even see where that's beneficial to him. That's my only question. I'm not going to miss him in WWE. I just don't see 
I just don't know what, like I said, the only thing can be to do something else. Yeah. That would be a conflict. And the only thing I can think of would be NFL. That's the only thing I can think of. What else is he going to fucking do? I don't know. Yeah. Montel Von Porter is now working as it's just the full, what? Is now working as just the full-time in-ring talent for <laughs> WWE and is not currently working behind the scenes as a producer. According to PW Insider, of course. There's no word yet on why WWE made the transition from producer to full-time talent. Well, that's because the man is managing Bobby Lashley. Yeah, but I wish they would have kept him uh, as a producer. I wish you would have called him the uh, the name you called him before too. I said Montel Von Porter. That's what you, that's, I, I did it. No, you called him Montavious Vontel Porter or Montavious oh. Von Porter. Okay. Montavious. I, I tried to I be like there. Montavious. I, I you tried. You reached for it. Yeah, the- it's kind of sad for him. Um, he's he's an incredible in ring worker, but I think his best days are behind him. So. Th- my fear, my biggest fear is he was transitioned to full-time talent so that he could be let go and not furloughed because, as we know, the uh, business end of WWE is getting furloughed, which means they could come back at any time at their exact same pay rate and position. Mm. But wrestlers are just getting let go. Yeah, and managers of Bobby Lashley don't have a very strong track record now, do they? Ask Leo Rush. <laughs> so that I, that's the only thing I can think of as to why he'd be, I don't know. Honestly, I was really excited for him to come back, and then I saw him wrestling. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can go back and uh, sit on your couch some more. That's fine. Oh, he used to be one of the best he wrestlers be in the world, but he he's past his prime. I mean, he just is. That's and he life. he tried to stay in ring shape. You know, it's, yeah, it's just life. You can't just come back to it. You got to be back to where you were. And the last of our people who are not back to where they were, Aaron Anderson announced that he signed a multi-year contract with AEW All Elite Wrestling. Yes, Anderson joined the promotion in the beginning of 2020 as Cody's on-screen personal advisor as well as a head coach for the promotion. He is definitely going to be sticking around for a while. Hopefully more on uh, behind the scenes than in front of the scenes, but he's done a great job to help promote and push Cody. Yes. And I think he's been worth every whatever they're paying him. I don't care what they're paying him, both behind and in front of the camera. He has been worth every fucking penny they've given him. I'm still waiting for him to turn on Cody, and that's going to be the best. Oh, we know the horsemen folk. They they love to turn on them. So it's going to happen. Oh, pasty, that's about it. That's a Beef Sticks podcast this week. Yeah. Um, not a lot of news, but enough news. And, and we got to talk about Pete Davidson. That's cool. You know what? That was the highlight of the night. <laughs> Whether that's good or bad, that was the highlight of the night. Um, The thing I'm taking most from this show is WWE, for the love of God, if you're going to produce Raw Talk, bring back Talking Smack. It. Why Why wouldn't you? Why would you choose Raw Talk, the one you had one episode of? 
over Talking Smack, which was just the best thing going. Because Raw is their flagship program. That's why. And I did say flagship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just I don't know where I stand with WWE right now. Uh, you know, in light of recent things, I just find it hard to support a company like them, even though now they're going to do their best to save face and make as many African-American champions as they possibly can. Oh, they definitely will. And you know what? Hey, if that helps our African-American professional wrestlers at this moment in time, we'll take that small little fucking bit. Yes, it's going to be with salt rubbed right on the wound, but come on, exploit it. That's that's what I'm going to say to, to Bobby Lashley, to every other black or colored folk on the WWE roster. Exploit the shit out of it. And use WWE's guilt to move you so much farther up the ladder for A, your WWE run, or B, your post-WWE run, whether that be with AEW, Impact, MLW, whoever, New Japan. Do it. Just use the fuck out of it. They owe you that much. Mm -hmm. You're not an Uncle Tom and you're not a sellout for doing it. Just fucking take it. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it. I, You know what? That hasn't been a problem for me for quite a while, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, with that, I, I, I suppose that brings us right along to the end of the show, folks. It's uh, It's been a wild ride. Uh, really looking forward to NXT TakeOver in your house tomorrow night. That's Sunday. Very much so. To this not live or not right after we release the finalized episode. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to breaking this down with you guys next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, make sure you tune in for that. So with that said, uh, for Cloud Style Broadcasting and B6 Podcast, I've been pasty. And I'm Fat Black Mac. Yeah. We'll see you on the other side, folks. <laughs>